Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Why don't you get your Bible out uh, and something to take some notes with? Uh, come on, how many of you know that people that take notes just love Jesus even more? <laughs> Amen. I thank you so much. Uh, if you take notes, you'll remember more. Uh, You'll feel like I'm a better preacher because you'll look back through it at the, uh, uh, you know, the end of the week. You'll realize, oh, there was a scripture there. There was some good points there. There was something I can apply. You'll grow this year. I promise you, if this year you take notes, you will grow in your walk with God. I hope this year everybody wants to grow in their walk with God. Does anybody not want to grow? Don't raise your hand. Um, Right, all of us wanna grow in our walk with God. All of us probably got to 2023 and thought, you know what, there are some areas I would like to grow in my life. Maybe you wanna grow in you know, the area of, of you know, your marriage. Maybe you wanna grow in the area of you know, something at your job or your parenting. There's always something at the beginning of the year that I'm like, you know what, God, I'd like with your help to, to, to advance in that area. I'd like to not be the same person as I was in the beginning of the year. I hope that's true of you, that you don't get to the end of 2023 and say, you know what? I'm the same person I was when I started this year. No, I hope there's something in you that, that, that changes, that there's an area in your life that you actually take a step in, that there's a part of you that you, that you grow in, that your neighbors, your, your friends, those that are closest to you, they're able to look at your life at the end of this year and say, you know what, you're, you're kind of a little different this year. You're a better version of you. You didn't, hopefully you don't get worse, but you're a better version of you. And you know what, that doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen by just setting goals, but I think it happens first by having a vision for your life. You know, the Bible says where there's no vision, people perish. Vision is so important. I wonder if you have a vision for your life this year. I saw some people on Instagram this week, they were, they were putting together like vision boards uh, for, for their life. I love that idea. You need a vision for your year. You need a vision for what you're believing God to do this year. I hope that as you enter into this year that you'll start praying, God, give me vision. Give me vision for my marriage. Give me vision for my parenting. Give me vision for my relationships. Give me vision for my walk with you. And that vision then would turn into some actionable goals, that you'd have some things in your life that you say, you know what, here's the vision. I've got an area now that I want to run after. And then you could start to set some goals around that vision. Sometimes we set goals that have nothing to do with the vision that we actually would have for our life if we sat down and thought about it. We set goals because it's the same goals you set last year. Sometimes the goals that you set this year aren't the goals that you need for this year, but you set them last year and you set them for the year before and you thought, you know what, this year is the year that I'm finally gonna accomplish that goal. Maybe that's not a good goal. You just need to forget about it, get some vision in your life and move forward. And so my goal this year for you as, as a church is that you would grow. And not only that you would grow in him, but you would bear fruit in him. I love John chapter 15, right, where it talks about he's the vine and you're the branches. And if you remain in him and him in you, that guess what? You'll produce and bear much fruit. May this be a fruitful year for you in your life, that you would grow. As we start this series and we kick it off today, we're calling it Rooted, and that's my hope, that you would get rooted in him this year. It comes from the book of Colossians chapter two, verses six through seven. It says this, so then, just as you have received Christ our Lord, continue to live your lives in him. 
that you would live your lives this year in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in faith just as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. You know, my prayer for you this year and Jennifer and I's prayer for you and as a church, our prayer is this, that you may be rooted and built up in him. That as you get to the end of the year, you would be strengthened in faith and you would be overflowing with thankfulness. You know, as we think about roots in our life, roots matter. Roots in, you know, the, the horticultural world, they matter, right? The deeper the roots go down, the more access to water and nutrition and all the things that they need. And a good root system will make you stronger. A good root system will, will help you stay healthy. You know, your spiritual roots are a part of your life. You guys are setting goals this year, and many of your goals, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, maybe... I'm not saying fleshly, maybe there's a physical goal that you have for your life. There's some soul goals you have for your life, but I hope you have some spiritual goals for your life as well. That there would be some spiritual goals in your life where you'd say, you know what? My hope is that my spiritual roots would just grow deeper this year. You know, your spiritual roots are a part of your life that no one else sees. Did you know that? All of you have spiritual roots. All of you have some roots that you're growing in the spirit, and for the most part, people don't always see them. Now, they may see the fruit in your life, but you can sometimes hide it. Anybody know that sometimes you can kind of play church? You can act like everything's good, but on the inside, you got no roots. You, 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 on, on the outside, hey, you can sing the songs, you can shout amen, you can raise a hand, but on the inside, you're shallow. On the inside, your roots, so when a storm comes and when the wind comes, man, it's so easy to blow you over because there's nothing in a firm foundation. There's no, there's no roots. And the thing about the roots that nobody sees, it's, it's your secret life. And all of us have a secret life with God. And I hope your secret life with God this year, man, it'll grow. I hope your secret life with God this year, it'll get rooted and built up in him. I hope you'd be strengthened in your faith. I hope you'd be over, overwhelmed and overcome and overflowing with thankfulness. But in order for that to happen, in order to get, get rooted, I believe this year, it's not just going to happen by chance. And I don't think it's just willpower that it'll take. You've tried it before, right? You tried it in 2022, you tried it in 2021, you tried it 10 years ago and you're like, man, it's just, I, I feel like I just can't do this. I feel like I just can't grow in him. I feel like I'm never gonna have the prayer life I want. I feel like I'm never gonna have the walk with God I want. And I get it. Sometimes you can't do it on your own and just willpower, but you need, you need a higher power. You need like a spiritual power in your life that pushes you ahead further than you can do on your own. And I think there's no better way to tap in to the higher power that is in your life than through prayer and fasting. So over the last few years as a church, since we started in three weeks, we'll be two years old. But even before we started the church officially, every August and every January as a church, we come around a season of 21 days of prayer. 
We're just collectively as a church, we say, you know what? We're gonna start off our year and we're gonna give him in August. We're gonna kind of reset our year after summer break because after summer, you know, you've taken off the whole summer from God most of the time, right? You were gone and you were busy and you forgot and you know you're at the pool and all that stuff. So sometimes you need a reset in August. Well, January's a great time to just say, you know what? I'm gonna get rooted in him this year and I'm gonna give him the first of my year. And so we've been coming around 21 days of prayer and fasting since we have existed as a church. We launched the church on day 22 of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so for 21 days, we prayed and fasted, and then we launched the church. Why? Because we need a church built on prayer. We need a church built on the things of God. We need a church with deep roots. You don't need just great worship and eloquent speaking. No, you need power. You need a church with deep roots. You need a life with deep roots. And so 21 days of prayer and fasting is starting tomorrow. And man, it's my prayer that everyone in our church would participate in this. You know, prayer is the thing that connects us with God. There is no better thing that you can do in your life than start developing a lifestyle of prayer. Prayer connects you to God in a very meaningful way. See, God does wanna speak to you. God does wanna be in conversation with you. And when you begin to develop a life of prayer, when you begin to grow your roots in prayer, guess what? You get connected with him on another level. You get connected with God uh, uh, on a level that only honestly prayer could do. See, you can try to just get connected with him in worship and worship's a part of it. You could try to just get connected with him and you know, your church attendance and that's a part of it. But there's no greater way than just getting alone, getting in quiet, finding a time and saying, God, I'm here. And so we've got prayer, and then there's also the fasting piece. See, prayer connects us with God, but I think what fasting does is fasting disconnects us from ourselves. It disconnects us from the world and, and the flesh part of us. See, there is a part of you that, 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 that kind of fights against it sometimes. There's a part of you that's like, uh, whenever I do, you know, want to do right, I just do wrong sometimes. Anybody ever been there, right? It's like, you want to do right, but then you do wrong. There's that part of you, it's like a tug of war. Anybody ever felt like your life is a tug of war? It's like, there's a, there's a part of you that's pulling you this way and a part of you, it's like, I want, I want, I want, but, but this is pulling me over here. Maybe it's that same sin that you've been struggling with for years. Maybe it's just the distractions of the world. Maybe it's your phone. Maybe it's all these things, and when we fast... It is just a great way to just disconnect from ourselves and say, okay, God, help me to disconnect from the world and help me to focus in on you. See, fasting doesn't make you, you know, more spiritual. It just makes you better. It just, it, it doesn't make you better than me. It just makes me better than me. Because I get some things out of my life. I'm able to focus in on him when I'm not focused in on the world and he speaks to me. Every time I've ever fasted in my life, God has spoke to me. He's challenged me in some areas. He's talked to me about some distractions. And there's all kinds of different ways you can fast. Maybe you're new to fasting. You're like, I don't even know where to begin when it comes to fasting. You know, as I look at scripture in Matthew chapter 17, there's a story and it's about a demon-possessed boy. And in this story, the disciples, they go and they try to heal him, right? And, and, and they couldn't. 
They couldn't do it, and as they, they go to Jesus, and they're like kind of frustrated, like, hey, I thought you've given us the ability to do this. We've been following you, and we've been, you know, we've been walking with you and watching you, and why couldn't we heal this boy? Why couldn't we do this? And he looked at him, and he's like, there's some things that, that honestly, they only happen when you learn to develop a higher power within you. When, you. when you learn to pray, and when you learn to fast, he ends that passage by saying, this kind comes not but by prayer and fasting only. There are some things that God wants you to accomplish in this life that it's gonna take a higher power inside of you. It's gonna take prayer and fasting that's drawing you away from the world and closer to God. And in those moments, guess what happens? The spirit man in you gets stronger. And you know what I think? I think that all of you in this room, you actually desire to grow in prayer. As I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about how to get rooted in him and helping people grow in the area of prayer. You know, it's easy to, to, to start from the point of like, you know, feeling like you have to convince people that prayer matters and you have to convince people that prayer works. But you know what? I think all of us know that prayer matters. I think all of us know that, that prayer actually works. We saw that this week on just another level, right? If you've watched you know, television this week or saw the news, you saw you know, sportscasters and ESPN praying, praying for somebody that needed a miracle and you saw them celebrating that miracle and we saw the power of prayer work. We all know there's that thing in us that knows when we're down, when we're hurting, when we're at the end of a rope, prayer is the answer. So I don't need to convince you to pray. There's that thing in you that knows when, when, you, when you wake up and the going gets tough and you don't know what to do, prayer is the answer. So I don't need to convince you that prayer works, but what I think I do have to help people with is just the practical part. Like, how do you do it? How do you, how do you, how do you begin to develop it? Because maybe you've tried it before. Maybe you've tried to connect with God, but you've got down on your knees and you thought, you know what? I said everything I knew to say in the first three minutes, and so God surely wanted me to pray longer than that. Is he mad at me? Because that was like 30 seconds and I was already distracted, so I guess I'm just not a prayer warrior. No, you can grow in this area, and it doesn't have to be that hard and that, that difficult. And so today what I hope to do is Maybe as, as someone once said, just kind of put the cookies on the bottom shelf because when it comes to prayer, sometimes we can make it too hard. We can make it so difficult that we think God is never gonna be pleased with us and he's always mad at us. And, and what happens is we don't pray and then we're filled with shame. And shame is not from God. Shame is from the enemy. The enemy is the one that puts shame on us. Now God does wanna draw you unto him there is that thing where he's drawing you to him and he's saying, please commune with me. Please spend time with me. There is a loving kindness about him that draws you though. Not a, not a I'm mad at you. When you feel that, that is not from God. See, God is a God of, of arms wide open saying, come to me. I wanna spend time with you. I love you. My burden is easy. My yoke, it's light. I want to talk with you. I want to walk with you. I want to help you. And so let me just say this before I go on. 
to prayer. There are many kinds of fasts, and as we begin prayer and fasting tomorrow, you may be thinking, where do I even start? There's several fasts that we see throughout Scripture. We see complete fast. You know, maybe it's like water only, and, you know, I would encourage you, if you've never fasted before, don't start there. This is going to be difficult. Maybe you choose a day to water only, but for 21 days, that's going, you might set yourself up for a rough Talk to your doctor about that first. <laughs> There's selective fasts. Uh, maybe you've heard of people Daniel fasting, right? Uh, for 21 days where, where they, they, from the book of Daniel, where they said, hey, we're just not gonna eat any of the, the sweets and the king's meat and all that stuff. And so maybe you've heard about Daniel fasting. There's, there's, um, there's, there's partial fasting. Uh, that's become very popular in our world, uh, known as intermittent fasting. But there is this kind of like sun up, sundown option that many people fast. Maybe it's like, hey, I'm gonna eat before the sun's up, then I'm gonna pause during the day, and then when the sun goes down, I'll eat again. Or there's also soul fast. What's a soul fast? That's what many of you guys maybe uh, know is like putting pause on social media or putting pause on some distractions. And here's what I'd say about fasting in general. You know, in Matthew 16, the Bible talks about fasting. It says, when you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disguise their faces and they show men that they're fasting. But he says, I tell you the truth, they have received their reward. But when you fast, when you fast, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put oil on your head. I want you to wash your face so that, 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 that men won't actually know you're fasting that your father who is unseen will see you and reward you. And so when you fast and when you go into a season of fasting, I've learned that it's so, um, it's, it's a dangerous place to get into sometimes when we fast and we wanna make a show of it. And it's like we want everyone to feel bad for us, right? You might as well just go on an extreme diet. It's like, oh man, I'm just having a bad day today. I'm fasting. <laughs> Try to fight against that. Keep it in here. Keep it in secret. Keep it close to your heart. Make it an internal thing. See, if it means something to you, I promise you, you might say, well, a lot of people get really like um, legalistic when it comes to fasting. You know, they'll say, oh, I'm gonna do a Daniel fast and one person drinks coffee and you know, the other person's like, Daniel didn't have no coffee in the Bible another person's having honey or something. They're like, yeah, better not have no honey, you know, or whatever. One person's this, man, the sun didn't go down to 559, you ate? Man, you already broke your fast. You might as well just quit now, you know? We could get so legalistic about fast. If it matters to you, it'll matter to God. If what you give up, it means something to you, guess what? It'll mean something to God. And so don't compare your fast to other people's fasts. Don't compare, you know, what, what you're doing to your neighbors and then suddenly like yours is holier and theirs is not. You're only fasting social media. Oh, I'm only drinking water for 21 days. So make it a heart thing, not a food thing. See, if it's just a food thing, it'll, it'll, it'll and by the way, if it's fasting without prayer, it's just a diet. Don't torture yourself like that. Eat some bread, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just make it a heart thing. Couple it with prayer because what is fasting supposed to do? Draw you away from the world for a moment where you can listen to God. God can begin to speak to you. And so that's fasting. So I encourage you to fast for the next 21 days. So prayer, let me give you just a few things about prayer that I think 
can help you. When it comes to prayer this year, I wanna encourage you to make it intentional. Make it intentional. Many of you have heard the old adage, people don't you know, uh, fail to plan. What do they do? They plan to fail. Or that's not right. Is that right? People don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. See, I didn't have my teaching TV up here. It messed me up in my head. Right? Nobody wakes up every morning and says, you know what? I just hope I fail today. But sometimes we can, we can, we can fail to put a plan in place. We can fail to be intentional. And you know what I've learned about prayer? It takes some intentionality. Again, like I said, I think inside of all of you, you're hardwired to want to grow in this area, to want to have a prayer life. But what happens is life gets in the way. You stay up late the night before and you watch that show and you wake up and you're running late and it's the hustle and the bustle and you know your alarm clock didn't go off, you're running late to work, traffic hits you, you can't find that outfit and all of this stuff and like the day happens and then you get to the end of the day and you begin to get mad at yourself like, oh, I'm such a bad, you know, God doesn't love me. It's just, it, it, it takes intentionality. It takes knowing enough about yourself, knowing enough about your rhythms, and then creating a rhythm in your life where you're intentional. I love what Proverbs says there. Proverbs 17, 24 says, an intelligent person aims at a wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. See, intelligent people, they aim their life in the right direction. They don't wake up and just say, you know what? I'm gonna wing it. I'm just gonna figure it out. If you're gonna you know, develop and get rooted and built up to him in him and have the prayer life that you want, it's gonna take intentionality where you say, okay, here's the rhythm that I wanna create in my life. Listen to the words from the psalmist as he writes in Psalms 5, one through three. He says this. He said, listen to my words, Lord, consider my prayer. Hear my cry for help, my King, my God, for I pray to you. And in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. Now he hears them all the time, but this is just the psalmist writing. David was saying, in the morning you hear my voice, and in the morning I lay my request before you, and then I wait expectantly. I personally think one of the best ways to get direction for a journey is before you go on it, not while you're on it. And the same is true for your day. There's probably no better rhythm to create in your life than finding some margin somewhere and being intentional with praying first in the morning. We pray first at the beginning of our year. We pray first, hopefully, when you know, problems arise. But what if you begin to give God the first part of your day? See, every day you have some things that are gonna get thrown at you. You're gonna walk into the office and that thing's gonna hit you that you, you, know, you, you just didn't see, it came out of nowhere. Anybody ever had those days where it's like, man, that came out of nowhere? What if the things that came out of nowhere didn't catch you off guard because that morning God already gave you direction? He already gave you peace in your heart. You didn't have to ask for peace in a moment because you're already walking in peace because God knew what you needed for the day. And that's how David, he was saying, hey, every day I wanna, in the morning, I wanna seek God intentionally and then I wanna wait expectantly. I wanna lay my request before him. Even Jesus, very early in the morning while it was still dark, says he got up, he left his house, he went to a solitary place where he prayed. 
I love what Charles Spurgeon says, and he's a great pastor of our time. He said, the fittest time for communion with God is an hour in the morning. He said, an hour in the morning is worth two in the evening. While the dew is on the grass, let the grace drop upon your soul. I love that. I love in the morning that, that it's just one of the best times in the quiet to just say, God, I'm here. You might be thinking, well, you've never been to my house. I don't have time in the morning. I get it. Know your rhythm between wake up and get to work and find it. So maybe for you, it's in your car. That that's when you pray and you just say, you know what? I'm gonna be intentional in my car ride. I'm be intentional. As I drive, I'm gonna pray every day because I don't want the full day to hit me without some intentionality. I'm gonna be intentional. Number two is this. I encourage you to not only make it intentional, so find, just create a rhythm. When are you going to pray? Have a time. Maybe that's the big word for that. Just have a time of the day. If it's in the evening, great. If it's in the morning, great. Just find a time. Number two, make it practical. I love what Matthew 6, Jesus is talking about prayer and right before he gives them the Lord, Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, verse number six, and I'm reading from the message. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to find a quiet place, secluded, so you won't be tempted to role play before God and just be there simply and honestly. Be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. Then it says the focus will shift from you to God and you can begin to sense his grace. How do you make it practical? Well, I think a minute ago I kind of hit on it, but, but know, know your quiet place. Find it. The old, you know, the old timers called it a prayer closet. Do you have a prayer closet? Do you have a quiet place? It says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place. You have to have a place where you can silence the noise around you to really dig into prayer. I have found that praying at a Starbucks, while it may look great on an Instagram post, isn't for me. It's super distracting. It really is. I'm looking at everything, my mind's you know, on, on my coffee and you know, how much I'm enjoying it. And I've found having my phone beside me is really bad for prayer because I will get a notification. And I am wired that if there is something red on my phone, I will always look at it no matter what. I love Jesus, I really do. But notifications get me every time, so I can't have it with me. Where's your quiet? Where's your secluded place? Where can you get alone and just the noise? So for me, I love going on walks when it's springtime and summertime. You'll find me most mornings once I get to the office, parking my truck and going for a walk. I love to walk. I love to walk and pray. Just walk with Jesus and I talk with him. In the wintertime, I like to be kind of the first of the office and maybe, you know, after I've had some breakfast and I spend some quiet time with him. Our rhythm isn't that I can get up in the morning and before I do anything, you know, go spend three hours at 5 a.m. I don't even wanna wake up at 5 a.m. You know, spend three hours at 5 a.m. You know, no, when I get up, the other, here's what my life looks like, similar to some of yours. At 6 a.m. in the morning, I'm dead asleep and my child walks in and screams, boo! <laughs> I don't have time. So I've gotta have a rhythm and then I've gotta find quiet in that rhythm. 
And so it is, it's in my truck or it's going for a walk. And so you have to find your quiet place and then you need to learn to keep it honest with God. He said, hey, find a quiet, secluded place and then just be honest, as honest as you can imagine. Then the focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. Can I just say this? God already knows everything about your life. You can be honest with him. I have found one of the best ways to pray is with gut level honesty. God can take it when you're mad. Your biggest problem, he can handle it. He made you, he formed you. He knows your weaknesses, your quirks. So you don't have to hide from God. You don't have to run from him. If, it, if it's bothering you, talk to him about it. So go to prayer honestly. Why do I say that? Because I think sometimes we struggle with prayer because we think we have to pray a certain way. You've heard prayer in the movies or you've heard like some really spiritual person that's a prayer warrior pray and you're like, I don't pray like that. I don't know all those words. I mean, they're like, it's not just these and those. I mean, they're very good at praying. You ever heard somebody pray? You're like, they're very good at praying. And then you just think, I'm bad at it. You don't have to be very good at it. You just have to do it. Just open your mouth and say, God, as honestly as I can, I come before you. And then the third is this, just make it honest, but make it simple. Just, you don't have to have all the words. I love what it goes on in verse number eight and nine. It says, this is your father you're dealing with. And he knows better than you what you need. With a God loving you like this, he says, you can pray very simply. And what does it go on to say? Our father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be a simple prayer, not a formula, but a model of how easy prayer is. It can take 21 seconds. It can take 21 minutes. You can spend several hours, but be simple. Go to God, find time, build in margin, pray, be honest with him, and just keep it simple. If that's, you know, if it's, if you're, if you're like some people, you get down and pray and it's like, I don't know what to pray. I prayed everything in the last two or three minutes that I know how to pray. And so it's like, what do I pray? And I'm done. It's okay. If that's all you knew to pray, it's okay. Now, if you want to grow in that area, here's something you can do. Write things down. So if you feel like your prayer time, it's like 30 seconds and I don't know what to pray anymore, start a list of things in your notes, in your phone, maybe a journal. And just as you think of things, have a trusted place that you can put them in and then start praying about those things. All right? Number three and four, I'll hit them really quick. Number three is make it consistent. And so find a rhythm, just keep it honest and practical and simple, but then make it consistent. I love what Psalms 145 says. He says, I will exalt you, my King, my God. I will praise your name forever and ever. And every day, every day, every day I'll extol your name. Here's my challenge for our church and for you. You can grow this year. I really do believe that each of you can have the prayer life that you want and you desire. And I believe that all of you want a great prayer life. God really does want to speak to you. And this can be a year where you get rooted and built up in him. 
Make it simple. Don't overthink it. Just talk with them. Walk with them. Be honest with them. Create a rhythm. Just say, here's my time. Here's my place. This is my quiet place. This is my quiet time. And find it every day. Find it every day. When you miss a day, don't beat yourself up. Find it the next day. Find it every day. You know, it really is the small disciplines over time. This is, this is true in any area of your life. Maybe write, write this down. It's not on the TV, but I'll give it to you. John Maxwell said this. Small disciplines repeated with consistency every day lead to great achievements slowly over time. In every area of your life, you want to grow. The disciplines that you put in that area, those small disciplines repeated every day with consistency, they'll lead to big achievements slowly over time. So if you give God a year, give him this year. Give him a year, do it every day. And I promise you, it will be better than that sound was. <laughs> I love you. Every day, consistency, every day, every day, I'm gonna wake up and pray. Every day, I'm gonna wake up and seek God. Every day, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grow in him. And then the last is this, expect results. Spend time with him and then expect him to move. It says this, the earnest prayer, James 5, 16. The earnest prayer of a righteous person. It has great power and it produces wonderful results. Your prayers have great power and they can produce all the results that you're dreaming about. God really does want to bless you. This is your year. May you get rooted, built up in him, strengthened in your faith, and may you live a year overflowing with thankfulness. That's our prayer for you. And I think that's God's prayer for you. So if you receive that, would you just close your eyes? Would you maybe just hold out your hand? I wanna pray a blessing over you. Father, I pray this year that this would be a year that every spiritual area of growth that individuals in this room have been desiring, I pray this is their year. I pray that that this is the year where every person in this room ends this year with deeper roots. As a church, may our roots grow deep and wide. If you're in here today with nobody looking around, maybe, maybe the step that you need to take today is you need to put your faith in him. You need to put some roots down in him. 
You've never given your life to Christ. You've never said yes to him. You've never made him your Lord and Savior. Well, the Bible says anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so you don't have to overthink it. It's not complicated today. If you'd like to put some roots down in him, give him your life. It's as simple as just calling the name of Jesus. It's as simple as just saying, Jesus, I need you. And the Bible says that when you call on his name, if you'll repent, which just means you'll you just say, God, I'm sorry for, for living life without you. If you'll repent, then you'll believe that Jesus is Lord. Guess what? You'd be saved. So if that's you today and you're like, you know what? I need to put some roots down in Jesus. I need to give him my life. Nobody looking around. I'd love to pray with you. And just as a sign of that decision, love for you to raise your hand. Nobody looking around. If you'd say, this is my year, I'm giving my life to him. Would you just slip up a hand in this moment? Thank you so much. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Hands going up all over the room, actually. I see you. You can put your hand down. Thank you, sir. This is your year. This is your moment. If you raised your hand a minute ago, I'm believing this is your year. This is your moment. You're gonna grow. You're gonna see God move in great ways. If you rose or raised that hand a minute ago, would you pray this with me? Would you just say, Jesus, I give you all of me for all of you. Make me brand new. Come into my life. Have complete control. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.